This is BYU Sports Nation, brought to you by the BYU Store, simulcast on BYU-TV and BYU-Radio. Now, from Studio B, here's Spencer Linton and Jerem Jordan. BYU Sports Station is live. Your day-to-day play-by-play in Studio B, presented by the BYU Store, official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere. Tuesday, March 31st, the final day of the long- longest month in the history of the world Thank goodness. is here. Wherever and however you're connected, great to have you with us. I am Spencer Linton, teamed up with a guy who is not quite as old as Jason Shepard, but indeed does dunk like Mary Lake, Jerem Jordan. Okay, let's dissect that. Happy birthday to our homie, our office mate, uh, Jason Shepard. We have a space where the three of us are in an office. Jason's in there. Originally, it was just the two of us. I can't remember what that was like now because Jason's been with us for a couple of years. So happy birthday to Jason. He's 33 years old. For the 10th straight for the year. Tenth st- what? Or whatever it is. Mary Lake dunking. Let's talk about it. She posted a video on Instagram. She said, uh, slowly figuring out this kid's hoop. She says, let's play some ball, and drops the ball, and then she just hits the rim four times. She wasn't uh, a scholarship player to jump. She was a scholarship player to dig. I love that she walks up to this the camera. This is awesome. Just with uh, the attitude on her face, trying to palm the ball. <laughs> yes. Right congratulations, by the way, to Mary, who uh, recently got married the last <laughs> week or two. So congrats to uh, Mary. She, Life is good. She was, uh, you know, a uh, uh, highly sought-after bachelorette at uh, BYU by many a many – Young man, the the cute libero for BYU, and now she's married. So now congrats to Mary. Yeah, that's Con- awesome. Absolutely, work, and she's work working on, on that, the dunk. Uh, work on that dunk. Working a on the bit dunk more. in quarantine. Did you ever after quarantine? She's like throwing it down hard. Did you ever play <laughs> dunk ball in high school? Come on, man. No, I'm. Some people haven't done this. Like some people have not done this. Like it was a thing at at my high school where we would spend hours. Lower in that hoop down to seven or seven and a half feet. Dude, and just what are you? What? what? The I rim. came. I was born and I started playing dunk ball. I love dunk ball, of course. My my earliest recollection of actually getting a rim that was small enough for me to, you know, dunk on was fifth grade, Harmony Elementary, Vancouver, Washington. Bryce Mahuika was a, a year older at Pacific Middle School, which was right next to it at the time. Shout out to Bryce Mahuika. Yeah, dunk ball is the best, man. I, I literally, we, we go to the park the other day. No one's there at the elementary school. Sorry, the elementary school. No one's there. We're playing with my kids. Uh... And I say to my wife, why didn't I bring a ball? Just so I could shoot around here. A little dunk ball? Yeah. Something. Yeah, absolutely. All right. No dunk ball, uh, at least not from Jeremy and myself. Or Mary. Dalton Nixon has dunked a few times. uh, And today is the Dalton Nixon show. He's going to join us live from California, how he's coping with the lockdown there, his injury recovery, and uh, coping with no more BYU basketball, plus the top five Dalton Nixon plays of the season. Not bad. Plus, the NCAA's major ruling yesterday, how it affects the future of BYU sports as a whole. And pro day numbers looking pretty good for BYU's NFL hopefuls. Much more on that in just a moment. Here are Tuesday's BYU Sports Nation headlines. The NCAA Division I Council votes that spring sport athletes will receive another year of eligibility due to the COVID-19 shortening their season, while winter athletes will not. The new financial aid rules allow teams to accommodate 
Already signed recruits and seniors staying an extra year. More on what this means for BYU and the NCAA coming up. BYU football graduate transfer Tyson Williams posts his pro day workout numbers. Williams ran a 4.48 40-yard dash, which would rank tied for sixth fastest among running backs in the 2020 NFL Combine. Tyson did 24 reps of the 225-pound bar bench press, placing him in a tie for third among running back combine performers. Even better, he recorded a 6.81 three-cone drill, good for first among the combine backs. We've been sleeping on Tyson Williams. We'll discuss uh, the pro prospects coming up. Continuing there, Austin Lee posted his pro day workout numbers as well. He ran a 5.940, which would have been 12th at the NFL combine. Wait, wait, a 5.9 or a 4.59? 4.59. Okay. That's very different. Thank you. He also ran what would have been the third best three-cone time, 6.87, and the fourth with a 40-inch vertical. 40! Wow. Uh, and a shuttle run of 4.18 would have been fourth as well. So good times for Austin. Uh, Micah Simon, Tyson Williams, uh, Diane Gonwold, Eleven Hifo. Mm-hmm. All these guys uh, posting good numbers, man. ESPN ranks BYU football junior center James Empey as the 10th best returning offensive lineman in the country. Empey has the highest pro football focus pass blocking grade rather of any center in the country since 2018 and he's ranked third in run blocking grades over that same span. He's the most underrated BYU football player by far. By far. BYU hasn't had an offensive lineman drafted in such a long time. That should change very soon. Yeah, and it'll be Brady Christensen after next season. Brady Christensen? I think he go- leaves after Empey? his junior year. Yeah, I yeah. think both of those That's guys just, are absolutely... I hope he stays all four years, but he might be too good to stay. Lock draft picks, yeah. All rise and shout. It's time for What's Trending, presented by Trio Senior Living. You're talking about it, and so are we. It's What's Trending on BYU Sports Nation. Pro Day prospects. While BYU football doesn't have a sure thing projected draft pick in this year's NFL draft... The Cougars, as we just mentioned, do have a handful of guys who very well could work their way onto a roster by the time the 2020 NFL season kicks off, assuming that it does kick off. Austin yeah. Lee, Diane Gonwoloku, Micah Simon, Aleva Hifo, and Tyson Williams all posting their laser time drills and other important numbers. And as we have just talked about, those are looking really, really good. Jerem, when you look at those five, or maybe there's somebody else out there, which draft-eligible BYU football player is the best NFL prospect right now? There's some really good options, and Tyson Williams really sticks out. I think the question for him will be coming off of an ACL how healthy is he, right? Granted, it did happen in late September. I think BYU's got some really good prospects. I don't think that BYU will have a draft pick, but I think that's fine. We've talked about over to Ideally, you want a bunch of draft picks, no doubt. But uh, they're half the league's undrafted, and I think that BYU has guys in the league that have been undrafted that have done really well for themselves. You talked to one on Friday, Daniel Sorensen, right? Austin Lee is my pick for this. A little off the board, perhaps. Uh, top 10 among safeties in three-cone broad jump, vertical, shuttle run, bench press. The five, uh, I did it again. The 4.5940, I think needs to be a little bit better yep. um, at safety. Um, he's not going to be drafted for sure with that 40. But I think he has ball skills. Let's talk about it. Pro Football Focus listed Austin top 20 in the following among safeties with at least 300 snaps. An overall grade, coverage grade, Yards after the catch, he was seventh. He allowed a total of 25 yards after the catch as a safety. What? That's crazy. And TDs allowed did not allow one. That is awesome. 
Again, Pro Football Focus also listed the top 100 players in college football last year. Only two Cougars were on the list. Brady Christensen and Austin Lee. Mm. Austin Lee's good. Okay, He's the only draft-eligible player that was on the list from BYU 86. He did not allow a catch longer than 32 yards. You know who's right in front of Austin Lee, by the way, in the top 100? Jalen Johnson. How about that? A surefire NFL draft pick. You know who's right in front of him? Trayvon Diggs of Alabama, quarterback. Austin Lee is really good. I think he is one of several really good uh, NFL prospects. I think BYU's secondary overall last year was really, really good. And how much does BYU miss a guy like Austin Lee in the Hawaii Bowl? I think BYU wins that game because big plays are prevented if Austin Lee is back there playing. And it's BYU wins eight games, and everyone's feeling a little bit better about the offense. A quick recounting of that. You and I are on the sideline, and you make a great observation. You say to me, hey, will you go see if Austin Lee – because Austin Lee was questionable. We go over. I go over to Austin. He's not dressed. And I go, I, I just make, this, I just make this, this signal like hands in the air like, what? And he comes over, and we talk about it. Hamstring. He tried to play through it, but uh, it, it was ultimately kind of tough, and he wanted to – uh, he sat it out. Yeah, he would have made a huge difference. He would have made a difference. I think it's, it's that play. simple that Austin Lee, if he plays, BYU wins that bowl game. He's a great player. And we talk about his 40 time, and it's like, ah, four, five, nine's not great. It's not terrible, though. Daniel Sorensen ran a four, six, seven. Mm, okay. At that same position. I think Austin Lee could be a Danny Sorensen type, right? Absolutely. Yeah. And his numbers, while not as fast as Daniel's in the shuttle and the three cone drill, are pretty close. He's athletic. He's got a 40-inch vertical. All of those things look really, really good for Austin. But I'm still going to give a little bit of an edge to Diane Gonwoluku just because Diane has won durability. He has speed. He's going to run a faster 40 than that for sure. He reminds me of Bob Sanders. Remember Bob Sanders? Bob Sanders. Yes. Colts. Like, so small, but just launched himself. Just a wrecking ball. Diane's taller than Bob Sanders. Bob's only 5'8". Diane's... 5'10", 5'11", but he's fast, and he has a lot of experience on special teams, and he makes big-time plays on special teams. got a nose for the football, creates a lot of havoc, creates fumbles, wins games with interceptions. He's got punt return capability in college. I just think his versatility and his durability, along with his speed, make him a really, really nice sleeper pick. Like I, I think Diane Gawoluku will, at the worst, be on a practice squad when the 2020 NFL season starts. Listen, this is a bias pick. It's Northridge, man. I, I feel you. I feel you. <laughs> <laughs> I think that those two are really... Tyson Williams is very interesting to me. Micah Simon as well. Aleva Hifo, I'm interested in seeing. I'm, I'm wondering if um, you know he gets a shot there. But I love Micah's speed, obviously. He came on late. He is a guy that weathered some personal storms of having to redshirt after his... Freshman or sophomore year, right? Um, had had some big plays against good competition. Tyson Williams is very intriguing, and I put out yesterday after his numbers came out. I really think BYU wins the Toledo and uh, yes. South Florida games if he plays. And uh, several people were like, "Come on, you're making excuses." And then other people was, "No, San Diego State and Hawaii too." It's like, you know what the difference between seven and say eight, nine, or even crazy ten wins would have been? Any elite player like that? Yes, BYU. They, he was. A really good running back. And when he went down, I, it was a big deal, but we were all kind of in the middle of the season, hopeful that BYU could weather the storm and figure it out. They never got to the same level in the run game. Sione Fina had an excellent game against Boise State. Was it even hard? BYU played his third-string quarterback and fifth-string running back. I'm going to say that all summer, by the way, probably until the next game. But 
these guys came up. Tyson Williams was a good player. Both of us picked DBs, by the way. Yes. Which brings us to our stat of the day. It's the BYU Sports Nation stat of the day. I don't believe that BYU have a DB drafted. That'd be fun. But the last time BYU had one was 93 with uh, Dr. Pastor Derwin Gray. So it's been a minute. And I've said it before. This is a position that's harder for BYU to recruit um, traditionally. But BYU has has, uh, some nice guys in the pipeline. Not to mention you bring back Troy Warner and Chris Wilcox. So and and some young guns. Uh, Isaiah Heron and Malik Moore and these guys. I like what BYU has at this position. Oh, being DB. Yes. Corner and safety. Let's go, man. Yeah, and all five of the guys that we mentioned as pro prospects from BYU, I think all five of them at worst will sign free agent contracts. Yes. All five of them that posted good enough numbers, have nice enough resumes that they will be in a camp. Not just like. I think three will make it through. We're going to give you a tryout. No, no. They're they're all going to sign free agent deals. I think three make it through of those five. Topic two, did the NCAA make the right decision to allow an extra year for the spring sports seniors and not the winter sports seniors? Oh, it hurts to think about guys like Zach Selyus and Dalton Nixon and Shannon Evans of BYU Gymnastics not getting those opportunities to come back. But ultimately, I think it's just too complicated. So, yes, they made the right decision in the winter sports. And no, duh, they made the right decision for the spring sports. You're not even halfway through your season in most cases. I know that volleyball is a a little bit different, but... Baseball and softball hadn't even started conference play. They're just getting wheels going and things churning. Yes, they made the right decision. And I like that they are leaving a lot of the details up to the individual schools to figure out. So just to kind of give you a little bit of a backdrop on this, the NCAA will allow the same number of scholarships for the program, but if they bring back a senior – that will not count towards the overall scholarship number. But it's up to the individual institution to figure out how to fund a hypothetical scholarship. And, and well, an actual scholarship, right? Yeah. And if I'm let, meaning if, let, if they decide say, to bring them back. Let's yeah. say I'm on the baseball team and I got a .35 of a scholarship or something. You can't get more than you would have from last year. So you can have less, but you could have equal to, but not, not more. So adjusted financial aid rules to allow teams to carry more members on the scholarship, like you said. And then baseball specifically was given an increased roster limit. So, for example, it, there's a lot of confusion on this. We'll try and be clear and simple. Baseball has 11.7 scholarships over, I think it's, what, 28 players. Mm-hmm. They can now increase the number of – it's not just 28. It can be beyond, right? I, I, volleyball has four and a half scholarships. I know. It's low, right? Four and a half. What? Uh, Title IX rules and whatnot. Four and a half for, I don't know the exact number. And they can divide up those four and a half scholarships however they want. But you have to be, there there are certain rules with how those are divided up, right? Um, There was an issue when Sean Patchell was here with how that was divided up, and BYU had a minor violation at the time, right? BYU has yet to have a major violation in any sport, to my knowledge, by the way. One of the few schools that has that distinction, I believe. So, yes, I I agree with you. This was the right decision in both ways. Uh, Yes, it it hurts not to have uh, a... Amazing athlete like Shannon Evans back with gymnastics, but they had a. Pl- I think they had played enough of it, and I've been saying this last couple of days. I'm so excited! I just knocked the mic. Spring sports need to be able to come back fully, and and let's not act like this is just the seniors. By the way, this is everybody. Everyone is essentially paused in their eligibility. Mm-hmm. I don't know how they're technically going to distinguish that, or they're going to say, "Okay, everyone's just what you were last year, this year," or is it everyone has two senior years? I don't know what we're going to say with that, 
but we'll figure it out. The spreadsheets are going to be complicated, especially make at BYU. It, and make it Google Sheet, not a spreadsheet, because then you have to save. And then to, just can we be efficient <laughs> with that? It's a living, breathing document. It's free. The NCAA made the right decision. Uh, Shocking, right? I wish, I wish that a guy like Gavin Baxter and even a guy like Dalton Nixon, who we're going to talk to he because may- of injuries, maybe there could be some appeals and they could come back and there's, there's a way to get through all of this. Where For they a could, whole season though? I, no. I, I don't know. Gavin may get some I kind hope, of medical. I hope that Gavin gets a medical and doesn't lose a year of eligibility based on everything that happened. Yes. I, I would love for Gavin to get some kind of exemption of that um, coming back. Yes, it was his choice, but uh, came back for ultimately a few games at the end of the regular season in St. Mary's in Vegas. It was part of a memorable season. Yeah. No question about that. We do have a question of the day. Which draft-eligible BYU football player – is the best NFL prospect and why? At Malmom03 on Instagram answers, I can see both Lee and Williams getting paid, but since running backs are put through the ringer, Austin Lee will last longer. BYU's defense thrives in the National Football League. It's been a thing for a while, right? Uh, BYU's been able to place more defensive players than offense, which is interesting. You think about the history of this place, the offense. BYU's had some really good defenders over the year, no doubt, but this the brand of BYU is built on offense, so it's really interesting to see that the side of the ball that BYU has put out the most NFL players recently has been defense. And if you're right, and BYU has three guys additionally on NFL rosters along with everybody that's already in there, this is awesome. I don't know which three, but I think there will be three among uh, Austin Lee and Tyson Williams and Dan Gonwoleku and Mike Simon. I would like to see Aleva Hifo get a good shot too. We'll see. That'd be awesome. Hashtag BYUSN, Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. Coming up, BYUSN best play bracket continues. Gunwoloku versus Barcelo. Plus, Dalton Nixon joins us from California. How's he handling things in the lockdown? And what is in his future as far as sports are concerned? This is BYU Sports Nation. BYU Sports Nation is presented by the BYU Store, the official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere. Yeah, it is. The BYU TV app is the place to watch recent and old BYU sports games. Get your BOD fix on the BYU TV app today. We are live in Studio B. This is your day-to-day BYU sports play-by-play. I'm Spencer Linton, teamed up with Jerem Jordan. It is our pleasure to welcome in via Skype on the Deseret First Credit Union hotline from the lovely state of California and the city of Clovis, former BYU basketball standout Dalton Nixon. Dalton, great to have you on BYUSN. Thanks, guys. Good to be here with you guys. Okay, other than great weather, uh, how are you and Talon enjoying California right now? You know, it's, it's been good. Um, you know, we're, we're staying inside, social distancing ourselves, but uh, spending a lot of time just doing, doing homework and getting on Zoom with our professors, with tutors, just trying to do our very best to finish the semester out strong. This is just like another class, I guess, except we're not an accredited professional teacher, so forget that part. But what is, what is life like right now? Because around here we get this sense that it's just like, oh, everyone's not doing anything, but students are still going to class. You still have a, a regular schedule, right? Yeah, I still have a regular schedule. And so, you know, the mornings are packed pretty heavy with, with schoolwork. And, um, you know, you still have deadlines for all your homework, so you're trying to do, do it uh, the, the very best you can. But it is weird, it, you know, for us students, we're continuing to, to study and to, you know, go to class through this online or, or doing it remotely. Um, and then, you know, uh, we're still trying to stay in shape. Taylor and, and I are, you know, still working out. 
you know, it's just, that's, that's just a part of, of what you become as a student athlete is, is you love working out and exercising. So we're trying to do our very best while, while we're doing it at home. Who's in better shape right now? She's definitely in better shape. Than I am. <laughs> <She's>, <laughs> she'll, she'll go run all, she can, she can run all day. And I'm, uh, I'm over here trying to just, you know, do push-ups and sit-ups. You got a broken leg, man. Hopefully that's healed up by now, but you have an excuse, right? <laughs> yeah. You know, the foot's, it's feeling a lot better. So, you know, uh, I'm just doing what I can and, you know, trying to be creative. Uh, Mark Pope mentioned in a uh, BYUSN play-by-replay, Gonzaga 2020, which is going to air Friday, uh, shameless plug, he mentioned that your fibula was injured as well. Can you I- explain what happened to you at LMU? I know during the season it's kind of like you want to keep it under wraps and just get healthy, but what exactly happened to you? Yeah, I just, you know, when I went down, it, it was the weirdest thing. Uh, at first I thought it was my Achilles. I thought it could have been my knee too. Um, Cause I had most, most of my pain was in the, the back of my back of my ankle. Um, but yeah, it was just, uh, you know, you go down with, with that type of injury and where I just felt like just every single part of my ankle, like every single part of the ligament had just, just like, I had no, no strength at all. Um, it was on the, it was high, it was low. Um, it was on the outside. It was on the inside. Just everything about it just absolutely just killed. So, um, you know, everyone probably saw me, you know, walking around, you know, I was in warmups for the Gonzaga game, but it, it, like that thing, it, it, it just killed. Um, and so the, the thing that's hard is, you know, with this news of canceling the NCAA tournament, I finally got my ankle ready and it was healthy. It was strong. So I was ready to go. So what, what was the injury then? Did you, did you fracture something? Did you tear something? Yeah. Yeah. It was just a, it was a, a hairline fracture. Um, on my ankle, you know, it was a good situation where I could still walk around, get around, but it, it was definitely, it was de- definitely painful, but um, filled up really well. Dalton Nixon with us on BYU Sports Nation. Dalton, you just brought up the injury, and then we're kind of moving down the line towards finding out about the season being canceled. So you're, you're trying to get healthy. You feel like, hey, maybe I can make a run at the NCAA tournament, only to find out that you're not going to be able to play in that. So how have you been able to cope? with all of that, given your unique circumstances? It, you know, it's been hard, uh, especially because you worked for the last five weeks to get ready for the NCAA tournament. You know, that was, that was kind of the, the plan. Um, but when, when I talked to my teammates, when I talked to my coaches, we just looked back on the whole season and, and just realized how special it really was. You know, there were so many, so many things that happened um, that brought us together. And just the, the joy of going through the journey together is really what stands out to me. And, really being able to just take all the positives from this year. How have you coped with this and uh, come to terms with everything? Because it's still kind of fresh, right? Uh, there, there have been all these simulations. It would have been the Sweet 16 Elite Eight weekend over the weekend. How have you dealt with this? You know, it's been hard. Um, it's been really hard. I think some of the ways that I cope with this, I still, I still work out, still try and get in shape. That's just like who I am. I just, um, I, I love doing that. Um, but you know, those times it's really hard because you, you see all the, you know, the things on, uh, on social media about these simulations and what could have been. And the, the, I, I try and do my very best of just um, looking back. I'll go through my camera roll and, you know, see pictures of all after all the games that we played and, and go back and just, you know, see footage from some of the games that we played, just trying to uh, really just focus on um, 
everything that happened really well and uh don't let anything take away from that you know it's really easy to to sit there and you know for the rest of my life i could sit around thinking you know what could have been but um the reality is that we had an amazing season and that's something that i always want to remember top 20 ranking uh you finished second alone in the west coast conference for the first time in BYU basketball history behind gonzaga but you beat gonzaga and you get in at the end of the game so let's rewind to that moment what were you feeling on senior night against Gonzaga when you were able to get in the game? It was crazy. You know, the, the whole game, I was trying to be the best cheerleader on the bench for my team. And, you know, they just, they, they were so good the whole night. And then uh, as we started to kind of, uh, we, we, we went up 9, 10, 11, you know, however much it was. Um, and coach looks down the bench and says, oh, and I was like, oh, my gosh, I take my take my warm-up top off. And uh, I, I go into the game, and I was just like, it was kind of like during the headlights. You know, I was like, was, wasn't expecting to get into the game, but, you know, to have that opportunity to just go in there, um, senior night, you know, storm the court, beat one of the top teams in the country. That's something I'll never forget. And that was a really special moment that I was able to have with, uh, with my teammates. What's the story behind you getting in? Because you didn't wear a boot or anything, so I thought, and I, I hit Spencer near the end, and I said, hey, Dalton Nixon should get in the game right here, right? So I don't, maybe that got whispered down the line. No, I, I don't know who came <laughs> up with it, but it was an awesome moment, and you just said you didn't even expect to get in. Yeah, I really didn't expect to. Um, you know, I, I, dressed, I dressed out just to be able to, to walk for senior night, you know, to be able to to kind of remember my senior night as, as me in a BYU Jersey. And, um, you know, uh, Rob, our trainer just taped my ankle up really well. So I was able to be out there and, and, and be on it for a little bit. Um, but yeah, I, I think it just went down the line and I think it's kind of a light bulb went off that, Oh, well, we should get dolled in. And, uh, you know, I, I think that was so cool for, you know, for the coaches to do that coach post to give me uh, one last opportunity to, to be on, on the floor of the Marriott center, so again, it's just a it was, it was a really special night. Your wife Talon is still playing volleyball. You mentioned that you're both working out to try and stay in shape. So she's coming back to BYU to finish out her career there. What's next for you? Man, I, I'm I'm in the middle of trying to figure that out. You know, uh, just re- I'm just focused on uh, trying to finish the semester out strong. You know, I have a, a few classes that I need towards graduation that I'll, I'll take this uh, spring or summer. And then from there, I'm just trying to figure it out, you know, uh, see if there's see if there's an opportunity to continue playing um, or, you know, if it's if it's best to, to do something else. But uh, I'm, I'm in the middle of it right now, trying to just figure out what's what's best for me, what's best for for both of us. So it's a, it's a really exciting time. We're doing the top five Dalton Nixon plays of the season, which is going to be awesome. Uh, what do you think was your number one play of the year? <laughs> oh, man, number one play of the year. I mean. So the the dunk against San Francisco at home, like that, that should have been an and one, and that's on a seven footer, which you know that doesn't happen very often. Um, <laughs> Jimbo Lowell. As, as far as yeah, on Jimbo, um, man, I don't know. There's there's a lot. Um, I would probably say, just personally, just the way that I play is probably charge on Malik Fitz um, against St. Mary's. Um, in the second half, that got him in foul trouble. He eventually fouled out. We win the game. That's that's a big play. Do you know how many charges you drew this season? I don't know. It had to have been in the high 20s or something. It's 23. Woo! 
23. It's 23. That was an amazing number. I make sure I ask the staff because that's not a thing you can find, but the staff tracked that, Yeah. and it was 23, and, and that was amazing. The next closest person, do you want to guess who that was? TJ. TJ with 13, and then Alex Barcelo with 8, and then everyone was 3 and under. When did you become <laughs> the charge guy? Because that's the ultimate teammate, right, is the charge guy. Um, I, it, I think it was – Right after our Maui tournament, I, I think I had a couple of charges in that tournament, but I came back and it was like uh, we played, we started playing a bunch of teams where the scout was, you know, they get to the rim, they drive. And so we played like UNLV and uh, Utah State, and I think I had a couple of charges in those games, and that just kind of uh, kept going from there. I loved when TJ Haas drew two charges in a row against Gonzaga. It felt like he summoned the spirit of Dalton Nixon to do that, right? That was, those were huge plays in the beginning of the game. It was so cool. And if, and if, you, if you look back at that, he draws the charge and then looks for the bench and points to me. So that was, a, uh, it was like a proud, proud dad moment. For sure, for sure. It only makes perfect sense that you would have exactly 23 charges because you're a shoe guy, Dalton, and you love the Jordans. And the last dance is moving That's up right. to April 19th, baby. Did you see that? The doc? Yes, sir. That's yeah. it. I'm excited, yeah. That'll be awesome. Dalton, it's great to talk to you. Uh, send our best to Talon and your family. Stay safe and healthy in California. We'll talk to you again soon, man. Sounds good. Thanks, guys. Dalton Nixon on the Deseret First Credit Union Hotline. Deseret First, you know why we show how. 23 charges. 23 charges. That's an astounding number. I mean, it would have been, what, 27? How many something? games, did he, how many games did he play in? It had to be around 23, right? based on his injury, because that's essentially one charge a game, which is wild. Yeah, that is, that is absolutely crazy. Let's see, he played in 28 games. He averaged so almost, almost taking one, one charge a game. Oh, man. That's amazing. And that made a difference on defense. It really did. Coming up, men's golf coach Bruce Brockbank on what's next for his top 20 program. And our BYUSN best play bracket is upset central, baby! Details next. This is BYU Sports Nation. He's a PT peer! Oh! Oh! The Dukies, Carolina, oh, oh, go to break. The BYUSN Best Play Bracket is presented by doTERRA. This Friday on BYU Sports Nation is our special play-by-replay of the Gonzaga game at home this season in men's hoops with special guests Mark Pope, Yoli Childs, and Jake Toulson. And it included banter like this about Zach Selyus. He had an alter ego, I believe. Like, off the court, he's really quiet and shy, funny, hilarious. But when he got on the court, he turned into a savage. Like, his mohawk and his mustache. You scared me sometimes. His face was all red. I'm like, like, he's going to pass out. Yes. Like, (laughs) even before the game, he's in there drinking his whatever. And I'm just like, bro, you need to chill out. But he, that's just who he was. He's just a crazy person. Friday at noon Eastern on BYU TV and BYU Radio. Spencer Linton and Jerem Jordan live in Studio B, BYU Sports Nation, about to whip it. It's time for the Cougar Whip Around Athletics News. The NCAA Division I Council votes that spring sports athletes will receive another year of eligibility due to the COVID-19 shortening the season, while winter athletes will not. The new financial aid rules allow teams to accommodate already signed recruits and seniors staying an extra year. Football. BYU football grad transfer Tyson Williams posting his pro day workout numbers. Williams ran a 448 40 yard dash, which would rank tied for the sixth fastest time 
among running backs in the 2020 NFL Combine. Tyson did 24 reps of 225 pounds in the bench press. That would be a tie for third among running back combine performers. And a 6.81 second three-cone drill, good for first among all combine backs. That's amazing coming off an ACL, too. It's not like he's doing these things full bore. He, he was doing what he could, and his best was really good. His injury status is going to be the thing that people and NFL GMs will hesitate on because he's had two season-ending massive right. knee injuries. Physically, he's there, though. Let's yeah, go. Yeah. Austin Lee posts his pro day workout numbers as well. He ran a 4.5940, which would have been 12th at the NFL Combine among safeties. He also ran what would have been the third-best three-cone time, 6.87, and fourth with a 40-inch vertical and shuttle run of 4.18. ESPN ranks BYU football junior center James Empey the 10th best returning offensive lineman in all the land. Empey has the highest pro football-focused pass blocking grade of any center in the country since 2018. That is quite the stat. Why is he 10th? And he's third in run blocking grades in that same span. He might be number one in pro football focuses rankings. He's number 10 according to ESPN. Most underrated BYU football player, James Empey, who is he Jim now? He's a junior. The Athletic voted Ty Detmer, Ty Detmer, the best college football player to wear jersey number 14. How about that? Detmer won the Heisman in 1990, throwing for 5,188 million yards. <laughs> oh, crazy. Breaking 59 NCAA records during his career. It was so good. <laughs> Robbie Bosco, Mark Wilson, Jim McMahon, Mo Elowinibi, Chris Smith, and Gordon Hudson were honorably mentioned for their numbers. Basketball. There's some new breaking news of sorts. The only child's named the... Senior class All-American second team. Childs averaged 22.2 points a game, nine rebounds, two assists, shooting 57-plus percent from the field and 49% from the three-point line. How about that for an uptick? He concludes his collegiate career at BYU as the school's leader in rebounds, sixth in total points, and second in double-doubles. All-timer, man. He stays for a fourth season, and he was exactly right. It was special. It was a special season. Bring on the BYU Sports Nation Best Play Bracket now, presented by doTERRA, the top eight plays from BYU football and eight best plays from the BYU basketball season matched up against each other to determine the best play of the athletic year for BYU. Each day we'll present a matchup. Uh, You help vote and uh, whittle this 16-team or play bracket down to the best play. Go to vote.buatv.org, and uh, the polls close at uh, 11 a.m. Eastern each day. We'll announce the results right now. Yeah, more and more of you are voting on this, which is a great thing, so keep it up. Now for the play you decided should move on to the next round in yesterday's matchup. The second seed in the BYU football bracket, the man I think that has the best shot to make an NFL roster, Diane Gawoloku in his game-sealing interception against USC, beats up on the seventh seed from basketball, Alex Barcelo and his huge three against Utah State, 67% to 33%. So Diane Gawoloku is moving on. Okay, and uh, the INT will face the winner of tomorrow's matchup and the first-round matchup of TJ Haas uh, to Yoli Childs Aliyup against San Diego versus the Bushman Trick play versus Liberty. But to today's matchup, four-seed in football, Tyson Williams and friends pushing the pile for an overtime touchdown walk-off win at Tennessee in double OT. Snap, Zach, handoff, Tyson to the 5 push, 4 push, 3. Push. Pile is pushing, pushing, yeah. pushing, pushing, pushing. He gets to the he's goal in. line. He's in. No signal. He's in. They mark him short, but he's touchdown, in the end zone. Touchdown. Touchdown. That's a great call by Greg. 
wonderful experience. You were there. I'm wearing the Tennessee shirt today for the kid who was bullied. Um, that was such a great play, man. What a, what a win for BYU, too. Yes, I love Aleva Hifo just signaling him into the end zone. <laughs> that happened right in front of us. Yeah. It was such an unbelievable moment for BYU and, football. And just 100,000 people there and a great BYU crowd showed up. And Tyson Williams, the SEC guy, goes back home, if you will, into the same league and uh, makes such a big play. Speaking of James Empey and company. That offensive line. Now, when we were brainstorming the plays, I received some resistance on this particular play, and I said, absolutely, this is the top play of the year. I was shocked that anyone said otherwise. The whole team scored the game-winning touchdown. <laughs> yeah, Tyson gets credit, but, uh, yeah, it was, the whole, it was the whole team. That unforgettable play will go head-to-head with the fifth seed, TJ Haas, and his body-up throwdown dunk at St. Mary's. Crossover by TJ. Drives past Kuzi for the dunk and the tie! Uh-huh, yeah. How about that to send <laughs> it to overtime? He crosses up Kuzi, takes a body on his way to the hoop, and then throws it down. They go to overtime. They just, they just gave up the dunk. And then uh, Jordan Ford almost made a game winner. He almost made – sorry, they go to OT and win, but he, he made that shot in Vegas. He didn't make the shot in regulation in Moraga or Provo. He had a game-winning shot in all three matchups, Crazy. a chance at least. How about that? Okay, go to uh, vote.buatv.org and uh, weigh in. Right now, the Williams OT touchdown is up 70-plus percent to about 30% with the Haas dunk. I anticipate that Williams will win. These are seeded. Remember, top eight football versus top eight basketball, but we'll take, you know, one football v. eight basketball and so on and so forth. So this this is fun. We're going to determine the top football men's basketball player of the year. Now, I'm trying to remember which side of the bracket the Williams touchdown is on because if it, I believe it's the same side of the bracket where the number one seed has already been upset. TJ yeah, has game winner against St. Mary's. Yeah. So Tyson Williams' it's, overtime push is going to go up against Dax Milne's catch okay. against South that, Florida. That's when it'll get interesting, when we have football versus football and basketball versus basketball. That'll be fun. Okay, coming up, top five Tuesday featuring Dalton Nixon. And BYU men's golf head coach Bruce Brockbank. How does the NCAA's ruling on spring sports impact his program? A top 20 program, no less. This is BYU Sports Nation. BYU Sports Nation is presented by the BYU Store, the official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere. Social distancing in the uh, BYU Store. These are recorded images, just so you know. Listen to BYU Sports Nation on demand by downloading the podcast. Just Google BYU Sports Nation podcast. Don't forget to subscribe, rate, and review. I am excited for the day when we are back in the Wilk, walking around, hitting up the Cougar Eat, going to the BYU store. You know, it's just it's just a little different. I'm glad I'm glad they got their your new whip on display there. Yeah, 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 yeah. I uh, with uh, you know your new go kart, uh, whatever department uh, <laughs> went to the salt flats and tested it out. <laughs> they do that. They're awesome. BYU Sports Nation is live. We welcome in our second guest of the day. He is the head coach of BYU Men's Golf Top 20 Program, 15th to be exact in the last official rankings. Bruce Brockbank. Bruce, nice to have you back in Studio B. Thank you for having me. How would you explain your last three weeks as a head coach of a Division I men's golf program? Well, there hasn't been a whole lot of activity other than, you know, men's golf and women's golf. Any type of golf, these kids are always finding a place to practice and and uh get better at their trade so they're out there practicing and and uh, you know doing the best they can especially looking for tournament golf which there's not much of that so 
It's just practice and wait till the next event. Is golf the greatest pandemic sport? I would have to say so, yes. They haven't, well, I guess we have been canceled, but not uh, today. They're still playing somewhere. A- yeah. Able to practice still, which is nice. Wide and, open spaces, physical distancing. Yeah, and, like, and you can adjust certain things, like in the cup, you don't have to pull the ball out. You, you, right. There have sure. been the flag. I'm going to try that today. I've, I've played nine holes in the, you know, you mentioned the last three weeks. Maybe a little more than that. I might be fudging a little bit. <laughs> but uh, I am going to try uh, a couple of times this week to get out and play and uh, take in some fresh air. Let's talk about what the NCAA ruled. So they said yesterday, okay, spring sports, of which golf is a spring sport, uh, you can get uh, an extra year of eligibility for essentially everyone was paused and you can bring back the seniors. What's your reaction to this news? That is really awesome. Unfortunately, our two seniors or three seniors are going to be moving on and uh, playing some type of professional golf. Um, As soon as Peter can, Quest, who was one of your guests last week, I think, Mm -hmm. uh, he's going to... You know, he's looking for places to play, and uh, he's definitely moving on. He's ready to do that. Rhett Rasmussen will be playing on the McKenzie Tour, and I think Spencer Dunaway, um, another one of our seniors, is also going to be out uh, looking for a place to uh, take it to the next level. Oh, man. That, and that's, uh, that's great, but also terrible. They're, they're just too good. They're just too good to come back, right? Well, no, you know what? We... We tried to sidearm them a little bit. Because you know? <laughs> I'll tell you what, it'd really be fun to have this team back again mm-hmm. uh, and, and take a shot at it. But unfortunately, we got to, you know, we discuss that. Um, you know, every year you have seniors and they're going to graduate and move on. Uh, this one just happened a whole lot earlier than we were hoping. So, And that's the give and the take of getting great players. Um, I, I've said for a while with football and basketball, I wish there were more early entrants to professional ranks because that means they were great. Um, it, when, when in certain sports, if you're there all four years, it's like, shoot, your pro prospects aren't that great. Like, hopefully Yoli Childs gets into the NBA. But in college, if you stay four years, it's tough. With your guys, hey, these guys are going to be pro, and they're going to rep BYU for the rest of their lives, which is awesome. And you had an amazing season. Yeah, and uh, these guys, I think they're, you know, they're proud of their team and, and what they've accomplished. And, uh, you know, we hope to see that logo somewhere on that tour back for a long time for, you know, the guys that are going to sneak out there and give it a shot. And hopefully they're going to be on TV. So with no Rhett Rasmussen, Spencer Dunaway, or Peter Quest, what type of a team are you going to bring back uh, in the fall season and try and make a push for a championship next spring? Well, we're gonna ha- we we have our hands full. You know, anytime you have guys that are shooting the kind of scores that uh, Peter and Rhett were shooting um, to fill in those uh, numbers, it's going to be a challenge. And so we've got a we got a lot of young talent on the team. Um, some just coming back from missions, and um, they're going to have to they're going to have to step up. And and you know, we challenged them. You know, two three weeks ago at the end of the year, you know, they don't quite recognize what that means. But they'll find out real quick in September when we go out and play how much uh, more difficult it really is when you actually have that spot and you got to post a number because it's not quite as easy as uh, Rhett and Peter are making it right now. How has the recent influx of missionaries impacted your program, returning early from their missions? Has it at all? Yeah. In fact, we have um, – we've got – Two kids right now that are in the mission field. One is home right now quarantining and waiting for another assignment. 
and we're just kind of waiting to see because he's only been out, uh, I think it was six to, let's just say six to eight months in Mexico. And he's, uh, we'll leave the name out of it, but he's quarantining. I think he's got another six, seven, eight days and hopefully get another assignment. Uh, if not, we'll take him right now, but I don't want to get in the way of all that. Yeah. Let's talk about something that came out at the uh, top of the hour you informed us of, the Haskins uh, Award watch list. There's 10 players, finalists for Player of the Year in men's golf. Peter Quest is on the list. Peter Quest is on that list, and uh, we're really excited for Peter because it's been, uh, I think Daniel Summerhays um, may have been on that uh, list, um, but it's been a while since we've had uh, one of our players you know, a candidate for the Haskins because that's a that's big time. That's you're talking first team All American. You're talking about uh, you know one of the best players in the country, which Peter's you know been that on that ranking for you know quite some time this year, and he deserves that. He's he's played some exceptional golf and helped this team be successful for quite a few years now. And BYU has a winner, a two time winner, Bobby Clampett in the '60s. He was uh, unbelievable. Yeah. So a little history there. Yep. Yeah. Bruce Brockbank with us on BYU Sports Nation. We've talked about Peter's temperament and how it makes him maybe the perfect candidate to make a run on the PGA Tour. But for those that don't know Peter and maybe didn't hear his interview last week, how would you explain his temperament and why it works in the, in the ranks of professional golf? You know, he just, uh, as Coach Miller will say, our director of golf, he is so smooth down the stretch. You know, he, he just seems to... He, he believes in representing. Um, when you're playing golf, you respect the game, you know, and you act like a pro whether you are or not. But, see, he wants to be a pro, so he's preparing himself to do that. So you act and think that way. And that's definitely helped him down the stretch as he's trying to win collegiate events, and it'll definitely help him as a professional. Now, is he, is he ready for that? Well, we'll find out real quick how, how ready he is. But uh, he's so tough. He's tough as nails down the stretch when it's when it comes to winning tournaments. Well, it was a bummer to have the uh, season cut short because you guys had won and been in the top 20, and it was just so fun to watch. You had some great golfers, and uh, it was a fun season. And, and Coach, it's a, a Fast and the Furious. We just played a quick nine here, but we appreciate the time, Bruce. Great. Nice to be with you. Thank you, and uh, thanks for, you know, rep- you know taking our kids in and, and – uh, putting the name out there because, you know, not only does the men's golf team, but there were a lot of teams that for BYU cut short that had yeah. fantastic seasons. And, uh, hey, we'll bounce back as Tom, you know, he's rallying the troops, all our administration, they're getting after it, trying to get us to, hey, we're going to get up and be better for it. And so that's what we're trying to do. Fantastic. Amen. Give us a BYU Sports Nation karma in that effort. And uh, we'll be contacting you about the uh, – Lessons that involve six feet or more of physical distancing from your players so that Jeremy and I can work on our games. Perfect. It's my max putt length, so that's great. Coming up, a shooting feat I've never seen before. And Top 5 Tuesday features the Top 5 Dalton Nixon moments of the season. This is BYU Sports Nation. This segment of BYU Sports Nation, presented by Delta Airlines. Keep climbing. Welcome back to BYU Sports Nation. Show available anytime on demand via the BYU TV and BYU radio apps. And subscribe to the podcast, rate and review. Time for Top 5 Tuesday, presented by Delta Airlines. Keep climbing our Top 5 Dalton Nixon moments of the BYU basketball season. Number 5, Dalton Nixon and his dad Kevin recreated for an episode on the Pope Show inside BYU Hoops. The 92 WAC tournament title 
half quarter, right? Kevin. 55 feet away. Missed off the backboard. Okay, next offering. First shot, no joke. Dalton drains it. Unbelievable. We take down the cameras. Kevin then attempts it. He actually made it right after that. Well done. At number four, you know, Dalton has made a few huge plays in transition on this list, and this one comes in the form of a huge dunk over Jimbo Lowell of USF. Take that, Jimbo. Alex Barcelo with the beautiful dish. Nixon finishes how a big man should. High percentage two-hand slam. He talked about that one in the interview. Number three, Nixon known for his momentum shifting plays, most notably drawing charges. We couldn't pick just one of the 23. We picked several. These were plays that made a difference defensively for BYU throughout the year. He became the charge guy, as we discussed with him. At number two, highly requested play from Dalton's coaches against Utah State. Look at this pass. Wrap around, almost no look. To find Connor Harding for a huge three, one of the best assists of the entire year, and he ran the entire floor just to be unselfish and give it up. Yeah, uh, Keita is the one on his uh, hip right there. What a play from Nick. Sharing is caring, Jerem. In a big game against Utah State. And the top play for Dalton Nixon this past season, getting into the Gonzaga game. He had broken his foot, ankle, excuse me, against LMU, and he's able to get in the game. And he, uh, he takes the turnover, but uh, Mark Pope joked, I didn't want him to take a turnover his last moment, but <laughs> he gets into the game. That was a really cool moment. Mark Pope looking down at Mark Few, making sure that's okay, you know, and, and Mark Few gave him the thumbs up. It's all good. That was really cool to see Dalton Nixon get in the game against Gonzaga. We love Dalton. An off-overlooked fact. Uh, Dalton played in an NCAA tournament game as a freshman at yeah, BYU. against Oregon in uh, Milwaukee. Yeah. yeah, he and Jake both saw the actual NCAA tournament. Okay, not our, a simulation. No, no, a right? real, a oh, real, real they used to play. Game. I remember that. Question of the day: Which draft eligible BYU player is the best NFL prospect, and why? Our elite voice of the day, presented by Sundance Mountain Resort. At Bayoeste on Twitter says Micah Simon, huge playmaker last season, was making huge gains from prior seasons. He will impress NFL scouts and as a late bloomer might have a long career in the league. I think the the thing for Micah there is special teams, Jerem. He can do that. Today's rising shout out, Colby Leifson. Uh, he's transferring to Utah Valley, but he posted Whoa. the former BYU guard posted on Instagram. I've never seen this in my life. He took he made seven half court shots in a row. These aren't like shoves. Uh, these are jump shots. Seven in a row. I've never seen it. Pull up from half court. Yes. Nothing seven but in net. a row. <laughs> Unbelievable. That's like Steph Curry status. Yes. Crazy. That is wild. And he's getting his own rebound. Can we get someone to rebound for Colby? No. Come on. Uh, my rise and shout out goes to Lee Kamard. Happy birthday to Lee and Jason Shepard. And Jeff Toriel, dude. And Jeff Toriel. How about that? Go Braves. <laughs> Our thanks to today's guests, Boo! Dalton Nixon and BYU head golf coach Bruce Brockman. Sorry to Dennis Pitta. No time, bro. And a note to everyone. Mute your mic on Zoom. Yeah, you should probably do that. For Jeremiah Spencer, shout out to Mike Reed. We'll see you on BYU Sports Nation tomorrow. Go Cougs.